Hi and welcome to episode 159 of the LDS Study Session with me, your host, Matthew Roberts. Today we're going to look at a specific uh, study today from the Book of Mormon. Um, I've been looking at this uh, over the weekend and discussed it with some other people and so I thought I would share this with you. Uh, if you go to Alma chapter 46, this is where this takes place. And um, we're going to start uh, early on in the chapter. Uh, verses 3 to 8. Now, these groups of verses set the scene. Uh, and so I'm not going to read them all, but basically uh, it gets summed up, summed up pretty well in 3 to 4. It says, Now the leader of those who were wroth against their brethren was a large and strong man, and his name was Amalekiah. And Amalekiah was desirous to be a king. And those people who were wroth were also desirous that he should be their king. And they were the greater part of them, the lower judges of the land. And they were seeking for power. So here we have uh, a man called Amalekiah. We have other people that wish to follow him as their king. Uh, and he kind of sets out his goal, his plan uh, to become king. Uh, there's a number of things within these verses which could be picked out. Uh, the fact that uh, I noticed that Amalekiah's plan was to become king and have dominion over all things and rule all things and basically tell people what to do his way. Uh, and of course, we know later that Captain Moroni, who I'll come to in a moment, his goal was to uh, preserve the liberty and freedom of his people, not necessarily to rule, uh, and to do that for them. And obviously there's echoes there of the, uh, the great war in heaven between our saviour and Lucifer. Uh, and so yeah, this is obviously a, the, the setting of the scene. We then move on through to verses 11 to 13, uh, and we read this. And now it came to pass that when Moroni, who was the chief commander of the armies of the Nephites, had heard of these dissensions, he was angry with Amalekiah. And it came to pass that he rent his coat, and he wrote, took a piece thereof, and wrote upon it, In memory of our God, our religion, and our and freedom, and our peace, our wives, and our children, and he fastened it on the end of a pole. And he fastened on his headplate, his breastplate, and his shields, and girded on his armour about his loins. And then he took the pole which he had took the end thereof, which had on the end thereof his rent coat, and he called it the title of liberty. And he bowed himself to the earth, and he prayed mightily unto his God for the blessings of liberty to rest upon his brethren, so long as there should remain a band of Christians remain to possess the land. Uh, now, we were studying this from a leadership perspective. Uh, and in this case, Moroni, before he does anything, he sets out his vision. He literally writes it down. Uh, you might call this his action plan or his, uh, his, yeah, his goals or whatever you want to call it. Um, he writes down the title of liberty. That is his end vision, what he, what he desires to accomplish. And I think that uh, particularly as leaders in the church, we have a swift ten tendency to set out detailed plans before uh, we establish what our vision is. Uh, and we know from the from Proverbs, where there is no vision, the people perish. Uh, and so this is um, a great example from Moroni, setting out that vision before he then goes to carry out his uh, plans that he makes, which, which we'll see in a moment. Charles A. Didier said this, quote, uh, well, actually, he was speaking about uh, some things he noticed when he was on tour, uh, on mission tour in Europe. And he said this, amongst other things, quote, I saw the fruits of work and dedication as I watched hundreds of members go into the temple, 
preparing for the coming area conferences, building the kin kingdom with a renewed spirit of service to their fellow men. The complete list of the fruits would be too long, but you should know that your seeds fell into good ground and are bringing forth more and more good fruit. Yes, I remember what you have done, and so do millions of people who looked for the light of example and truth. Today is already the past for many, and tomorrow wears a mask of fear. Today can still change tomorrow, but what kind of society are we building? What kind of country will we have if we, as one people, do not defend ourselves against the assaults of evil? Was it not Moroni who took a piece of his garment and rose upon it in order to keep his people from slavery, in memory of our God, our religion, and freedom and our peace, our wives and our children? Close quote. So, this vision is really important to set out. Then, what Moroni did was obviously took it to the Lord and made sure, because it's interesting actually, he doesn't pray to the Lord like before he's got the vision to know what he has to do, what his vision should be. He sets out that vision himself, and I'm sure he already had in his mind what plans he might carry out. And then it's when he prayed. Um, that's when he prayed to kind of get that strength to carry this vision out. And that is really instructive. I mean, when I was early in my leadership, uh, there was a number of times where I would kind of have a problem before me, as um, we had in verses 3 to 8 with the Malachiah, and then I would go and pray about that problem and get try and get an answer as to what to do. When actually, it should be the reverse. We should set out our vision, we should ponder it in our minds, write it out, set it forward, and then pray for that confirmation. Once that vision is established, we don't even then, we shouldn't, and this is, I think, a step that we forget the most in our leadership in the church, we should then present that vision to the people um, before we even start out on the plans and the actions for it. So Moroni does this um, in verses 19 to 21. Um, and actually it includes verse 22 as well. Uh, but I'm going to read verse 21 because this is probably the one that impressed me the most. But basically Moroni goes forward, shouts uh, like among the people, waving this title, uh, and then in verse 21, it says, And it came to pass that when Moroni had proclaimed these words, behold, the people came running together with their armor girded about their loins, rending their garments in token or as a covenant, that they would not forsake the Lord their God, or in other words, if they should transgress the commandments of God or fall into transgression and be ashamed to take upon them the name of Christ, the Lord should rend them as even as they rent their garments. They, the people came running. Moroni, a righteous leader, had thought, prepared, written, and then prayed about a, a vision which he knew would be important for the liberty and blessing of his people. He then proclaims this, and the people came running, and they were so eager, they made a covenant with the Lord that they would follow it, uh, which, again, demonstrates the power of presenting our vision to the people before we then go. If, if Moroni went ahead and started doing the actions that we were about, to were about to read about before presenting that vision to the people, he probably wouldn't have had the same support. Uh, Robert D. Hell said this in the April 2015 General Conference, quote, Our Saviour's second coming is drawing near, nearer. Let us not delay in this great cause. Remember Captain Moroni, who hoisted the title of liberty inscribed with the words, In memory of our God, our religion, our free and freedom, and our peace, our wives, and our children. Let us remember the people's response, exercising their agency as they came running together with a covenant to act. My beloved brothers and sisters, don't walk, run. 
run to receive the blessings of agency by following the Holy Ghost and exercising the freedoms God has given us to do his will. Close quotes. So Moroni presents this vision. People come running, and that is when he decides he's going to act. And that's when they walk out against the people of Amalekiah. They run away. Uh, Moroni decides that they're going to try and gather together and uh, cut them off. They do cut off a large number, but Amalekiah unfortunately escapes. And then in verse, um, then they decide what to do with the people, which I think is actually quite a harsh outcome. Um, basically, they put them to death if they don't covenant to maintain the cause of freedom. Uh, but, I mean, I suppose he wouldn't have taken this lightly. He would have prayed about this. Then in verse 36 is the one that impresses me. So we've kind of gone from a problem arising. We've gone to Moroni establishing a vision and praying about it once that vision is established. We then go to um, where he presents the vision to the people and then obviously he's carrying out the plans. But he carries out the plan, in a short-term plan to deal with the problem, that is chasing away Amalekiah and trying to cut them off in the wilderness. He then deals with a problem that remains and then he, he anticipates a future problem by doing this in verse 36 of Alma 46. And it came to pass also that he caused the title of liberty to be hoisted upon every tower which was in all the land, which was possessed by the Nephites. And thus Moroni planted the standard of liberty among the Nephites. So he's establishing this, this standard so that people in the future do not forget this standard which the people were once uh, you know, covenanting to and standing with. And so this, he, uh, he hopes, is going to be something which for the future people of the Nephites will be an important symbol, I imagine, for them. We then see the great blessings that come uh, in verses 39 to 41, which basically is that the people um, were happy, they were rejoicing, and that they lived long and, and they did prosper spiritually and temporally. So I hope that you've, you've enjoyed the study today. If there's anything that you've been studying, please share it with us uh, at mattsroberts90 on Twitter or email lesstudysession at gmail.com. Thank you very much for your time, and until we meet again.